Thanks for downloading this episode of the Simcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching for the Simcast wherever they get their podcasts. The Simcast on RS1. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Simcast. This is Series 4, Episode 4, on February 1st, the eve of my birthday. Uh, You do not hear Ben Williams, because unfortunately Ben is feeling a little under the weather. But it is I, Louis Adderley, along with Taylor Burris. Well, hello, everyone. Good to be back here after, I have to say, an exciting weekend in sports car racing. I had a couple exciting weeks myself, and filled with a nice little small bout of COVID in between. Um, so because Ben's not here, this means that uh, the chaperones aren't here. So we get to run wild and loose here inside of the cage. Yes, indeed. Well, we the are still caged, the mice, though. <laughs> the mice will still play, though. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, where shall we start? Uh, did you watch the Rolex 24 at all? I mean, who didn't? <laughs> well. You do, got those, it, you do have those NASCAR faithful that are like, no, NASCAR is the only sport in the world. Well, I mean, thankfully, I'm not like one of those people. I respect all motorsports and am a big fan of the IMSA series and the Rolex sports car series. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Rolex 24. Absolutely not. And I love all the cringe that's been going on lately for everybody's because I think it was some sort of NASCAR social media page that made a faux pas. And said that this was Penske's first ever win at the Rolex 24. Yeah. And of course, all the comments after that was like, oh, no, he's one of the greatest teams in the world. It was like, you guys realize he won this race back in 1969. Yeah. Unfortunately, people don't understand their whole process of taking care of and checking their history and their dates before they make statements. So, yeah. It, it's unbelievable. Speaking of not being able to check statements, four, Turn 10 did a good one. Not too long ago. <laughs> oh my goodness. Talk about this one. Yeah, so they talk about a remodel that happened and they included in the remodel from the circuit back in what was it, twenty sixteen? When they added the new grandstand? It's kinda of sad that I live this close to the place and I don't know when the remodel happened. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Regardless, the most recent remodel they did where they put in the new grandstands, they said they added a museum and a lake. I'm sorry, but the lake's been there since the track was built. Yeah, and the museum, which is probably the only museum I can think of that's in the or around the track, is Daytona USA, which is now the International Motorsports Hall of Fame now. Right. Been which, there since, I don't know, the early 80s, 90s. 80s, 90s. <laughs> I was there whenever it got launched, because that was also when Richard Petty announced his retirement. Exactly. So, so <laughs> it, or is it need to check their stats? Oh my gosh, it was terrible huh, anyways I, there's a lot of things that they got wrong with daytona yeah so anyway but it was uh it was good to see morad get the class win absolutely the show, danny morad absolutely daniel morad getting the win in the gtd class i mean talk about a weekend of some surprises ups and downs how about a good friend of mine over of course part of the kc family cutter zillich taking home the lmp2 win yeah how about that kid 17 years old is he 17 17 years old and he's got a rolex i mean that's more impressive than probably a lot of kids who are 17 years old hashtag not jealous slash jealous (laughs) jealous slash slash proud (laughs) proud slash I could have been there. <laughs> right. But no, I mean, great shot round for all the drivers. And, you know, it was kind of fun. And we'll talk probably a little bit more about this, but there was a lot of things in the sim racing world who were there to either take part or also help possibly develop new content here in the near future. Well, that's interesting because I'd love to hear about that. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll harp on that a little bit more here in a little bit because after all, we. We got free reign of the show. We are not dictated by uh, Ben's terms. <laughs> we're not dictated by a script. Yes, but, but <laughs> we at the do same have time a script. We, are. <laughs> we still do have a script, so we can talk about it. But uh, no, say, we do have bullet points here that we have to follow. Yeah, but speaking of Daytona and uh, Forza, you know they had a recent update, and 
this is, I find this funny. Two things. So for Daytona to fix, they fixed an issue where crew members can appear floating during the walk the grid cinematic in the featured multiplayer. I don't think that's their biggest problem. No, honestly. it's not. And I know like what article Daytona. you're talking about because they teased it by saying they solved a big multiplayer issue. I was that's, like, if, if that's a big multiplayer issue, I, I'm sorry, but they, they're disillusioned and highly disconnected with what the actual issues are. Yeah, I, let's let's start with the pit road first over there. Yeah. So turn 10, you know, take a look at that. And then there's another thing I, I have to say hilarious about. Uh, for one of the cars, they updated inaccurate car audio. How do you do that? <laughs> like seriously, like I don't understand how you could mess put inaccurate car audio. They didn't. Yeah, what, for the what? Lexus LFA. Oh and, my! And with the Ford Focus RS, where they fixed an issue where the car's audio sounds metallic and distorted. I don't know how you do that, but okay. I don't either. So it's kind of weird, I have to say. So, uh, and then um, some other things for blind driving assist. Blind driving assist. Oh, that's that new feature that they have in there where the visually impaired are able to be able to race in this game, which I don't entirely know how that works. I don't know either. And I have to get a little more information about it, I have to say. Yeah, that's definitely going to have to be something we research for sure, which, I mean, kudos to them for being all inclusive with that. But at the same time, I'm like, uh. Just kind of concerning. Yeah. It's like Hindoff says about, uh, it was like, uh, towards the end of the shows last year that, uh, talks about who would you like to interview dead or alive. And he mentioned somebody alive because he says, you find that the Ouija board is really hard to translate via the radio. Well, anywho, I mean, those were some of the things that they are. I, I just find it a similar comparison. Is all. I, I, I get you completely. But, uh, you yeah, know, it was just an interesting scenario that happened regarding that. So we'll have to see how it plays out moving forward. And hopefully they fix the biggest issue, which is the pit road at Daytona, because that's it. it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know if you, you overheard it. Ben mentioned it and was nice enough to put it down in the notes for the show tonight. I heard it live trackside while I was there at Daytona. And uh, Hindoff called out turn 10 about the pit exit during the Michelin Pilot Challenge race. I believe that because, of course, our um, fearless leader, Mr. John Heidel, is absolutely can call that because yeah, you, know, you don't screw up a track like that. No, and especially whenever you claim to build the track from the ground up and it's clearly a copy and paste from a previous generation game. Yep, okay. and it's supposed to be the most, what would be the right word, realistic console racing game in the business from what yeah. they claim. When... From what they claim. Yeah, uh, so far they are not. <laughs> no, and uh, what was it? I had a train of thought there that was going in complete. Oh, so a few people tried to defend Turn 10 with their pit road exit, and they said, well, the early days of the track, that's how you joined a pit lane. I was just like, that's fine and dandy, but that's not the model of the track that we have. And also, we there then they should have made a classic version if they wanted to do something like that. But Exactly. So... Which, actually, a classic version of the Daytona road course would be kind of fun, I would have to say, looking at the past history. But yeah. I digress. Yeah, having to get to do the original infield that went all the way down into NASCAR 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. Doing that one. Or, um, as I found out through Bob Leitzinger a couple of years ago at a classic 24-hour event, uh, during an SCCA event, they actually ran the track backwards. That would be fun. I mean, yeah. I've been to the Classic 24, which for those of you who are sports car fans or motor racing fans, period, because they don't just have sports cars. They have open wheel. They have NASCAR cars, racing the road course. By all means, go to that event. Mm-hmm. Or but, any SCCA event, for that matter, because there's a yep. lot of open wheel there for that. Yes, or HSR, which is mm-hmm. partnered with IMSA. But no, a lot of great things. Hopefully they will get that fixed here pretty soon. But we'll move on, I believe, to the... Automobilista updates that have just. Oh, no, we been... got another uh, Forza pinpoint here. Oh, we we have the Nordschleife that's coming for the February update. That's going to be pretty exciting, I have to say. But again, it's another one of those that's like, why wasn't it there for launch? Uh, I agree, but 
you know... It's like Sebring. There's still not a Sebring in there, which blows my mind. Or Road Atlanta. Two tracks that were from the foundation of Forza, really. I have to agree, but unfortunately that's not the yeah. case. So they, they got a lot of work to do. And unfortunately, they're going to be the ones, I think, who are behind the eight ball as regards to their console game. Yeah, which is unfortunate because we know they had spent a lot of extra time to develop said game. I know there are some crises or crises that were happening in Seattle at the time. But yeah. still, still, you, you spent a fair number of years working on this thing. It, it should have been better from the get-go. But hey, let's keep uh, beating the dead horse with the stick there. Um, okay, move on. <laughs> what did so, I just drop? Uh, what did you drop? I don't know. Something metallic just bounced off of something down there. Oh, never mind. I see what it was. Screwdriver. Anyways. Acting like we're live, when we're not live. We can edit this out, but we're not going to. This is fun. Um, so AMS2 got a new update to work on a uh, or the artificial intelligence on there. I guess their uh, artificial intelligence was being a little bit too good, if you read on that, meaning they're yeah. sticking to the racing line and not being too kindly to others. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, and thankfully they got that fixed to where it basically will improve the racing multi for both the AI racing that it will have on here, and it's really great to see them make those needed updates, especially, I gotta say, with AMS2, as far as when it comes to their prototypes, mm -hmm. really good job. The only one who I say has to beat it, which... Yes, I can be. Bi I have to be a little biased because this is the sim racing game that I prefer. Is I racing, of course, but overall, phenomenal work that they did over at AMS. Yeah, they've done a ton of good work over there, and I people have heard me talk about this before that they are the original creators of R Factor Two. So it's a very similar engine that they've used over there. I know they've done a lot more tweaks to it, so I would say that they're probably both very close, having driven both of them all together. Um, just another couple updates that they adjusted on. The big one, actually, I found out on this is actually for the rain tires on this. That they found out hard. that they uh, wear out a little bit too fast, even if you are in wet weather conditions. Hmm. So I got yeah. to do a little bit of work on that. Yeah, nothing like going uh, three laps whenever you're supposed to be going like 30. Well, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how they fix that. Hopefully, they'll get it fixed within a reasonable time. But how well, about that is it? part of the patches that, that they've done here on this. So, yeah. Well, I'm saying like in case there need to be more patches after that. Oh yeah. Thing. So, but a good thing that they did do, I have to give a big round of applause for them. Of course, they are a lot of based on Brazilian style racing. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, they did a great tribute to, of course, Jill Teferin with, since his passing back in December. So great to see them utilizing a tribute livery for the Formula USA Gen 3 car. Yeah, that was very nice of them to do that. And they they also got a nice little video that they put on there as well. Um, I think they kind of, I think they did that around the simulated California Speedway where he still holds the close course well, speed record. Yeah. Was and you know, 200 and 47? 40 something, 43, something like that, yeah. Some ridiculous so. number to where I think if he only gone like 50 miles an hour more, he would have broken the sound barrier. But Pretty much, but, you, you know, it, it's kind of amazing to see that these guys utilize this style of cars on their platform. You know, mm. very few games nowadays, because, you know, I, I, I was thinking about maybe iRacing possibly doing this, but I don't see iRacing really doing that for the time being with bringing back the kart-style cars, even though the iRacing community wants it, now that we have IndyCars licensing back, is, you know, that there still is some games out there that utilize this generation of open-wheel racing. It's because there's nothing more awesome than the cars at the time. Almost a thousand oh, no. horsepower. I mean, like you said, hitting speeds of 240-plus mile an mm -hmm. hour around the circuit. I mean, you're absolutely just... <laughs> I don't know how in the world you can adjust your vision just to see how fast you are moving around the circuit. Yeah. Hopefully people wear their brown pants when they're not ready for that. 
uh, hopefully. But still, it's a great job, great updates. Please go check it out. And if you have AMS2 or any of the new recent updates, hopefully they work out for you if you also have the Forza updates as well. So exciting to see how that will play out here in the future as we look through some of the other things. A couple of other updates we have to do mention. Also, iRacing had a update this past week as well, utilizing the brand new updates for the NASCAR next-gen cars, utilizing the brand new Ford Mustang Dark Horse and the Toyota XSE Camry. So great to see that we're all set, ready to go for the new season of NASCAR racing on the iRacing platform. Yeah, I saw the video of that whenever they're sharing everything. And I have to say, the way that, they did the action shots of everything, and you see the new cars come in. They start off with a Camaro, which looks meh compared to the other two now. Oh, I know, and it's kind of amazing to see how that works out. I mean, the Camaro, we we know that will be here for another year. Of course, it's no longer in production in the world of in the world of you know automotive industry, unfortunately, which is a shocker, but also. You know, it's the way the world is, unfortunately. So we won't know really what their next car will be till probably sometime later in this year going mm-hmm. into 2025. But Ford really amping up their program with the Mustang in multiple different avenues. And then Toyota releasing their new body design. That Toyota, I have to say, I know some people don't like it. I think it's kind of good looking one way or another. Kind of, you know, new age kind of deal. But. You know, that's what people's decisions are on the thing. The Mustang, of course, always looks good, I have to say. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm i going to go ahead and say it. The way the Toyota looks now, that's how electric vehicles should look. Yeah, I agree. Because that's kind and, of the vibe I get out of it, even though it's not. Yeah, of course, NASCAR debuting or running some uh, exhibition laps with their new electric car. That's right, at, they are. This weekend at the L.A. Coliseum. They could have chose a better venue. <laughs> they, well, this is the third year, so there could be some changes coming up in the near future. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, speaking of updates, actually, and we were talking about Automobile Listed there, with uh, especially with the IMSA update that they've recently launched. Uh, somebody on Race Department has actually launched a full 2023 IMSA livery pack for that. That is so, cool. Yeah, so if anybody wants to get over there and download that and recreate the 2023 IMSA season, there's your chance to do it. So, and uh, the big question that's also inside of the press release, is Rexy in the livery pack? Yes, it is. Looking yep. right at the picture of it. So, I, I, Best looking car in the entire IMSA paddock. Best team, I have to say, that really goes all out with their marketing and their merchandising. Yeah, well, at Daytona, they had a ton of merchandising there. They even had little plushies for sale. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, but they had... They also had the Roxy stuff that was on sale there, which I saw quite a few women walk around with the Roxy stuff, which I think is absolutely cool. And um, didn't see too much of Spike the Dragon stuff. I saw the merchandise on sale, but I didn't see too many people sporting that one. So you, I think you know, uh, I, I gravitating say, towards Rexy still. Yeah, I have to say a little disappointed with the AO team. In you know, overall they have done great. They did a great job this weekend. I have to say overall with their run in the race, but. I kind of wish we had Rexy running GTD Pro, Roxy running in GTD, and then, of course, having Spike, the Dragon, running in LMP2. That would have, I think, been awesome. I think the people would have loved that. But understandably, that they chose to, you know, drop the one of the GT cars to run the LMP2 car. Yeah, in an ideal world, I think that would have been absolutely spectacular. Or could have translated Roxy over to the LMP2 car instead. That, that's what I was thinking. Well, they thought about that, but apparently uh, just the way the lines of the LMP2 yeah. car did not really work out for what they were looking to do with Roxy. Understandable. Understandable. So, so where does that leave us? Wow, we're only about a third of the way through the show, and we're already running out of topics. Oh, we still got the... Well, Moaz has a new sequential shifter now. Moaz? Moza? Yeah. Moza. <laughs> new Let's <nickname>. Moaz. <laughs> Moaz. Moza does have a new sequential... Ah, still waking up today. Moaz has a new sequential shifter, and... Still waking up, dude. It's like nighttime. It's almost time for bed. <laughs> I know. I'm sleeping. I need to ready to go to bed. <laughs> past my bedtime. It's past my bedtime, guys. <laughs> it's always past our bedtime. Exactly. Past your bedtime. How old are you? Like 80? Some days. <laughs> 
Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Downside uh, of getting older. Anyway. Yep. But no, this sequential shifter, the SGP, is pretty interesting. Kind of throws it back to what you know NASCAR now utilizes with their sequential stick shifter, as well as a throwback to uh, back in the early sports car days. Yeah, I th- remember seeing a lot of the onboard video from... Uh, gosh, now I'm going to age myself. Yeah, I'm going to feel like 80 now that I'm saying this. Uh, about 20 years ago with the V8 supercars on board, this is the similar uh, sequential shifter lever that they would use. Up until this gen of car, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty exactly. sure that's the case. Yep. Yeah, because there's a little shift lever that they had sitting right up there in the center console there that was actually incredibly close to the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. It would suck if you got in an impact and you accidentally downshifted. Well, I guess downshifting is the least of your worries if you impact something. Yeah, so you're probably wondering what the price is uh, for those here in the United States. $129. That ain't bad. No, for a sh- you know, sequential shifter. With two buttons and a uh, little uh, e-brake squeeze lever there. Yeah, that's what it looks Great like. Great for those drifters, you know. Oh yeah, that's going to be fun for those guys. Or the rallycross for, you know, off-road racing drivers. Oh that's my where goodness. we're going to That's where we're going to see a lot of the people trying to utilize is for the oh, off-road yeah. racing. Like Pro 4 and Pro 2 and the Pro trucks. 4. Yep, Pro 4, Pro 2 and the trucks or if you're a fan of WRC or uh-huh. dirt games, that's where you're going to see a lot of people utilize. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can visualize myself getting that problem is i i I don't need that but i want that well i'm in the process of looking at some new uh content for or new upgrades to my sim rig so uh, what you looking at what you looking at i'm looking at i'm looking at this company here with moaz or moza moza you heard it here folks it's called moaz now (laughs) yeah i'm looking at moza actually um Matt actually recommended me to these guys, so I'm going to go definitely check them out and see what happens. Yeah, I know a lot of people that are switching over to that. Um, good friend of mine who does listen into the show, almost a good friend of the show. That would have been a faux pas because he hasn't been here yet. Um, my friend I went and got to be a groomsman with up in Canada, he just got done buying all Moses stuff during their sale that they just had recently. And I think he spent like $700 with everything. Oh wow, that's not bad at all. Yeah, so three, three pedal, pedal set, the one of the direct drive wheel bases, a wheel, and I think he did get an H pattern shifter from them. He got some sort of shifter from them. Wasn't this obviously, but right, right. Yeah, it took him a couple of weeks to get it, but so far I have not heard anything negative that he's had to say about it, and. He's loving life at the moment. <laughs> I, I would be loving life too with that new content or with that new stuff right there. Gonna be really yeah. fun to see. Yeah. Let's see. What is it? Uh, direct USB connectivity provides effortless compatibility for all PC-based sim racers. And obviously, I'm reading straight from their press release here. However, console racers will need to have an appropriate Moza wheelbase for the shifter to connect to. Should you not have any issues, if you have one of Moza's later R-series direct drive bases. And as with any Moza product, the Penthouse software can be used to customize and set up the SGP sequential shifter from personalizing button colors, brightness, and syncing the shifter paddle and sequential settings. So there's a lot of different things you can do with this. And by the sounds of it, it all links into the same system that you could use if you are using all Moza stuff. So yeah. Everything that I read about it, it's kind of complicated at first to get set up, but once you do, it's very easy to add things. Yeah, it's going to be very fun, very easy. That's one of the things I noticed with them. They are very easy when it comes to their setup compared to other companies. And their customer service is great. Uh, Yes, that's what I've been told. So. So, it's going to be exciting to see how it plays out. And uh, for those of you who do uh end up getting it please let us know how it is give us a little review give us some thoughts of course we are all a part of the collective so just make sure you tag us or send us a message or send us a tweet or x so yeah. that way we can know about that yeah hashtag or at simcast radio you can reach us on x a platform formerly known as twitter and hashtag simcast rsl so just get on there also hashtag eat more tacos which taylor you had tacos tonight 
Yes, I did have tacos tonight. So a great way to kick off our U.S. week, I have to say. So we'll see how it plays out for that. But we still got some more exciting news to talk about here on the SimCast. Uh, Let's see here. A couple of other interesting topics. Uh, Recurring back to Daytona, I have to say, there was a moment where iRacing was scanning some vehicles over at Daytona. So it was actually made by a post made by Matt Malone about it showcasing on a schedule where iRacing was going to be able to scan cars. Now, a couple of people, such as, of course, the great Marshall Pruitt, was actually talking about during an interview with the Mustang, you know, Ford Mustang team, that they were actually, iRacing was scanning parts of the cars while they were there. And there was also talk that the Chevrolet Corvette GT3 car was also been scanned during the same time period. Well, then. Well, then, indeed, and that, that, that's that's not foreshadowing at all, is it? No, I mean, in fact, here is here. I'll actually, uh, for those of you, I know this is a podcast, but for Lewis, I'll let him take a look at this. is a actual schedule of the day during the event where it actually shows car access to iRacing required photos for the garage in this entire schedule lineup. Now, how did I not see this? I we got to thank Matt Malone for that, but it's going to yeah. be pretty cool if we do get the Ford and the Corvette. Of course, there is still two other, three other GT3 cars that I think iRace needs to consider looking at too, which is including the Lexus, the McLaren, and the brand new Aston GT3 car. So we will have to wait and see. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised actually if they hold off on the Lexus because this is supposed to be the last year of the car. Correct. I, I agree, too. They probably won't do the Lexus, but the McLaren is guaranteed at least for a couple of more years, I have to Yeah, agree. absolutely. Absolutely. Same thing with the Aston. Would they are officially releasing it in February. Uh, I think next week they are releasing it along with the brand new Formula One car. Yeah, and the GT4 car, if I'm not mistaken. Because there was a GT4 car there that was in camo livery yes. that looked physically different than the other ones that were racing in the npc race but i digress on that one um so talking about stuff that was happening at daytona they were filming the brad pitt f1 movie i know weird f1 and daytona endurance racing did you get to see mr brad pitt walking around anytime i did not but i did get to see a lot of the movie cars um i was awake yes awake during a lot of the filming that they were doing on both roar weekend and rolex 24 weekend and i have to say because they had a uh, early 2000s Lola B2K00 for the camera car, and it had a, some sort of V8. I'd imagine it was probably a Chevy that they put inside of it. But uh, that car was blasting around the track in the middle of the night, all by itself at 1 a.m. And I had to say, that place is incredibly creepy in the middle of the night when there's a single car going around. That happens to be black, by the way. It's all carbon black. So it's almost kind of like you're hearing the ghosts of racers past blasting around the banking. Interesting, I have to say. Yeah, it it was a little awkward. And then uh, out of nowhere, and this is on Roar Weekend, by the way. So Saturday night, out of nowhere, 1 o'clock a.m., fireworks start going off. So naturally get up, look at the fireworks, and we go, ooh, ah. But why are they going off at 1 a.m. on Sunday morning? And then I wake uh, up the next day on the social media, and the best caption ever on it was, Yay, Brad Pitt won again. <laughs> that That's a new one, I have to say. Yeah, and apparently, I was not there the night before, but apparently it happened again. Or I was the second time that happened over the weekend, but it happened previously the night before. So Friday at 1 a.m. as well, they sent off fireworks. Mm-hmm. So... Brad Pitt Don't winning at least that. a couple of times during that yeah, weekend. He's won, yeah, he won at least twice. So, um, But yeah, walked around the paddock, got to look at the cars up close on that, and I do have to say, they need to the uh, props and make part on how it looked like it ran 24 hours. Don't leave that to the movie guys. Actually go out there and run for 24 hours because the they're a little bit too methodical with their uh, that they leave on there and they didn't look realistic at all 
but every one of the tire streaks was exactly two or three inches apart. It looked way too symmetrical. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it it, it looked bad. <laughs> I, <sighs> I, I don't want to smash it, but it looked bad. Uh, yeah, I'm still kind of iffy on how this movie is going to be, but, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm still waiting for a Days of Thunder 2, honestly. <laughs> I mean, to be quite honest. You know, Jerry yeah, yeah, he produced that one too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that, that was kind of cool. I did see him walking around though. Oh, was Marshall on a race weekend. Yes, he was. So, um, see what else interesting about that? Um, some of the cars that they use during the they have a makeshift Lexus out there. It is a little not a G3 Lexus. It hmm. looks literally like the uh, Group Four Lexus from Gran Turismo. Okay. It literally looked just like that. It, the Sealmaster delivery on it instead. Very interesting. Yeah, and during all the filming that they're doing, which they had about eight cars going around there at once, I was really rather surprised, and they were really letting them race, actually. So that was a lot of fun to watch that happen. And then... Yeah, that was pretty much it. And then I got COVID on uh, the week in between the Roar and the Rolex, so that was nice and fun. Very minor case, but I was still able to make the race because my fever broke just in time. So there you go. Yeah. So we'll have good to hear, and we'll see how, of course, the rest of the season will go. A uh, couple of other news points that we have to talk about is, of course, some world championships ramping up, some world championships coming to a close in the world of iRacing. Uh, we'll have to. We'll probably touch more on that on the esports round of the week, of course. So we'll, we'll save that. But we'll see. Looking through some of the list here of what we have as far as any other news and updates recently. Uh, there was a picture shown from iRacing's Twitter feed of a new dirt track coming to town in Ooh. the new build. Uh, people are pointing that it might be Millbridge Speedway coming, which is a big talking point because that is a track that is coming soon along with some micro sprints. So that's going to be pretty cool, I have to say. Uh, that's what a lot of people are saying for the moment it could be. As I'll take a look at the photo right quick. But yeah, it's iRacing saying, you know, can you guess this track? Pretty much. And everyone is saying this track, that track. And a lot of people are pointing it towards being, of course, Millbridge Speedway. I can't say that I'm too familiar with the place, actually. So Millbridge Speedway is located up in North Carolina. So it is actually basically the hub of where a lot of NASCAR drivers take their kids to go racing. Uh, it's now part of the World of Outlaws schedule with their Extreme Outlaw series, utilizing their micro sprint or micro sprint cars. Uh, the midgets. Midget cars, yes. So yeah. here is a picture. Stream Outlaws or Midgets. Yes. So here is a picture of that for you to take a look at. But it, it looks pretty close to what it should be, Millbridge, and it's going to be exciting. I have to say, a great dirt track. And this opens the door for a lot of uh, smaller dirt tracks that we could possibly see. And who knows what we could end up racing on this track with uh, a lot of people utilizing, of course, the Chili Bowl circuit as the smallest circuit, one of the smallest circuits we have on the platform. So. We'll see what new circuits could come about with this new update. Man, that's a great picture that you sent me. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, that's what iRacing sent and told me to like, hey, guess this track. So here here we go, uh, listener. Literally, all you get, it's uh, nothing but red clay. I, I can honestly say that it's probably red Georgia clay that they moved in on this one, which uh, that stuff's wonderful. All you got to do is just look at it and your clothes are stained forever. You're never washing that out in the laundry. Nope. Um, so we got a nice dry, what I'm assuming is a very steep berm because there's a white line painted, probably a chalk line right there. And then you don't see anything on the infield of the berm there. It's just all red. And then you get this white chalk line and then you have what is definitely the racing surface. Cause you can see where the tiller dug up a little bit. And that literally goes all the way across the other end of the picture. So what this facility looks like, I couldn't tell you, but I do know that they have a very red racetrack. Oh, goodness. Yeah, of course, we're only a few weeks away before we get into the infamous week 13. Uh, Probably about five weeks away right now. Well, then there we go. Um, So, I got a question for you here. 
Japan. Do you happen to know who Ryuji Urabe is? And I'm probably absolutely butchering this gentleman's name. He's from Japan. Not off the top of my head, but go on and do tell what you have for the story. So, sadly, this is a bit of a sad story because uh, some this is uh, boxthislap.org has done a nice and memorandum piece of this gentleman. He's the 93-year-old sim racer who inspired the world. So, he started life as a taxi driver and turned to virtual racing, and apparently was incredibly good. He's been sim racing pretty much since the dawn of the sim racing era, from everything that I've been able to see on this one. Um, his grandson, Kurato Yamamoto, who recognized his grandfather's longing to once again experience the thrill of driving, so obviously being at an old enough age where he could not sim race any or could not drive in the real world, that's where the sim racing thing came to be. Um, but yeah, just goes to show you that sim racing has no ages, age limits or anything of the like, so it's it's nice little tribute video that, or tribute that you can go over there to which I thought was a cool thing to include on tonight's show. Um, again, that is Box This Lap, and it is in memory of Ryuji Urabe, and that is R-Y-U-J-I-U-R-A-B-E, if you guys want to read that story for yourselves. I think it's uh, quite emotional, and I would say it's uh, quite inspiring, for sure. Yeah, Even after it, his passing, is inspiring sim racing. I mean, it, it's great to show that age is just a number. You can... No matter what age, you can be involved in sim racing and continue to do it and be at competitive levels of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, excuse me there. There was a nice little video there that I was watching while you were talking on the last one. And I could always give me a little up there on that one. Um, where shall we go to next there? So get off, uh, get off the somber notes there. Let's see. Trying to take a look at some of the other storylines that have maybe happened in the world of esports. So, trying to see. Well, we can elaborate a little bit more what we got with the esports roundup of the week. Yeah, we could if we want to go ahead and go into the esports roundup of the week. Yeah, let's 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 go ahead and do that while we got a fair amount of time here, and then we can we can uh, like... expand more on each one of those a little bit more. Would you like me to mention our amazing partner for the esports roundup of the week? Absolutely, and I'll go ahead and bring the jingle back. I said I wasn't going to do it, but I kind of missed doing it last time. All right. Well, it's time for this week's Esports Roundup of the Week, brought to you by the Gaming Athlete. Esports Roundup of the Week, brought to you by the Gaming Athlete. <laughs> Head on over Something to the Jordan, game. hashtag not, sorry. I mean, I, yeah. Head on over to thegamingathlete.com to learn more about how to reach athlete status in gaming by maximizing your performance and restoring your well-being. Once again, that's thegamingathlete.com. Well, first and foremost, we got to talk about is the iRacing World of Outlaw Thrustmaster Sprint Car Series. They just wrapped up their championship here this past Monday night, and Aiden Forrester is your champion based on a tiebreaker. That's right. This is one of the first times that they've ever happened in iRacing competition as far as a tie has come to play. As we'll see here, it's a big difference where it was based on whoever just got a win. It was between Aiden Forrester and Ryan Avela who were tied on 635 points. But with Aiden Forrester's win, he was able to claim his championship for the first time at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And, of course, Logan Rumsey took home the featured win as well here for the season finale. So really exciting racing from start to finish for the entire championship. Of course, now we'll see how the rest of the season goes moving forward, heading off later on in the winter of 2024 is when the next time we'll see these drivers back at it once again. I get to see Aiden actually in a couple of weeks when I go up to Volusia for the World of Outlaws. They always oh, tend to bring in the uh, reigning virtual series champion and give them a little promo up on the victory stage or, or victory lane stage that they have there at the circuit. Yeah, it's really amazing to see it happen here. And of course, Aiden Forrest, a really great driver, does a lot of great work here in the championship. So we'll see what he is able to do. Of course, for him, Forrester actually looking over. He finished looking eighth. Over. It, it, yeah, looking over the stats, he finished eighth in the season finale. 
So highly competitive and still got himself into the championship there on that one. So well done for him. Very well done drive for him indeed as well. Also in other news, the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series kicked off their exhibition race at the Clash at Daytona, which I have to say is where the Clash should always be, in my opinion, in NASCAR racing. Uh, it was sophomore driver Wyatt Tinsley who picked up the win for the Quick Trip Pioneers Gaming Toyota number 20 as he was able to pull off an amazing last lap pass for the win to take it home, winning by just a tenth of a second over Jordy Lopez, friend of the show, and Malik Ray with Spire Motorsports. Huzzah! Yes, indeed. So Jordy Lopez came home second in his Ford Mustang, and Malik Ray came home third with his Spires Motorsports Camaro. So one, two, three of all three different manufacturers in this race when they came to an end. A couple of key points to touch on as well of some some drivers. Garrett Lowe, who we had on the show recently, finished ninth. Uh, Also drivers such as championship favorites as well, looking over it, Nick Ottinger finished in 34th. Real Fallow, who makes his return to E-NASCAR competition, finished 33rd. Last year's champion, Stephen Wilson, came home in 13th. So a lot of people looking around to see how this will play out as they get ready for the season opener of the E-NASCAR series as we head to Daytona International Speedway once again on Tuesday, February 13th. So about two weeks time is when we'll see the virtual drivers in the eNASCAR series kick off their amazing championship starting at 730 Eastern with Countdown to Green, 8 o'clock for race coverage. So getting started an hour earlier now by the looks of things with the new season. Yeah, I might actually be able to watch one or two of these things. Uh, speaking of eNASCAR, the eNASCAR College Series time trials are also under their way. So if you are in college and you want to have your chance to get about a share of a $60,000 scholarship, well, you can go over to iRacing, register to compete, and see if you can set some of the fastest laps over at Darlington and see if you have what it takes to be in one of the top two splits to battle it out for the chance of that prize pool. So it's going to be fun utilizing NASCAR trucks. So head on over to iRacing, check out the time attack competitions, and see if you can set a flying lap around the circuit. They're college students. They don't have time to do that. They're studying the whole time. Well, apparently some on a lot of I said that for the mom and dads that are listening. They're studying. They're not playing. They're studying. Yeah. (laughs) I swear. Are you sure? (laughs) Parents check in on your college students. They're studying. I promise. And finally, the 2024 Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup kicks off this Saturday as they are ready to do battle for a new season. And it kicks off at the World Center of Racing at Daytona International Speedway for the first time in competition, followed by, of course, the Hockenheim Ring, Le Mans, Watkins Glen, Red Bull Ring, Imola, and Monza, the season finale on April the 6th. So, about Lots a two-month long a, a lot of high-speed bump drafting, I have to say. I mean, yeah. you're looking at one, two, three, three, four tracks that will require a lot of high-speed bump drafting. Yeah. Chaos? Uh, more than chaos, I would have to say. <laughs> but uh, crazy than an MX-5 Cup race, which those uh, were awesome. Anyway. Uh, you're talking about one of the funnest series right there. Yeah, I was going to say, the virtual races are just as close as the real-life ones. Yes, indeed. A couple of notable drivers who are returning, of course, last year's and defending series champion Jordan Caruso with Alta Sports is returning with the number one spot. Uh, Salva Talens from Spain with Stormforce Racing. Uh, a couple of other drivers as well. Zach Campbell, the VRS Coanda driver, returning once again as well. Sebastian Job with Oracle Red Bull Racing see here a couple of other drivers to keep an eye on as well sam coitert from team redline julian sony oh, there's your winner there's your winner redline <laughs> yeah i can't, can't yeah that's a joke that's a joke um parker white e-nascar coca-cola iRacing series driver with williams esports michael janney with Stormforce racing so at least three americans competing in this season uh luke McEwen, he's the one who, i was going around doing pretty much everything at the time wasn't he 
he certainly is currently one of the few drivers who's going around doing a lot. Luke McEwen, who we've had on the show for Apex Racing Team, also competing this year. Alexander Pico, Alessandro Pico as well. Uh, let's see here. Alejandro Sanchez, who also, and Diego Pinto are some of the main championship favorites who we'll be keeping an eye on in this championship. Uh, six rookies, Michael Janney, Chris Lullum, uh, Jacob Vecheswick, Luke McEwen, Oscar Pye, and Parker White. Oscar Pye. So, that's Oscar P-Y. That's his, ah, okay. Say. Now I so. got you. Now I got you. So, of course, for Lullum and McEwen and Pye, they competed in this year's IMSA Esports Championship, and Parker White, of course, competing in the Coca-Cola iRacing Series as well. So, also, Janney and McKenzowitz competed in the Grand Prix Turn iRacing GP Series as well earlier in 2023. So, these drivers who are rookies in the Porsche Tech Corey Esports Super Cup are not rookies when it comes to World Championship competitions. So well, looking then, o- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, got a little thing on Lamont Ultimate, but I think you had one more statement to make there. Nope, go ahead. Go ahead about Lamont Ultimate, because I had actually a couple of thoughts on this one. Okay, so I know a lot of people have been questioning about this thing coming along board. Well, I would say the countdown is off officially on, because as of the day of this recording, which is... The 31st of January, so you are hearing this a day later. We are officially three weeks out from the release. I know that seems very close. Um, But we have had no news on any content that's being released on this so far. I mean, we know all the content that's going to be there, but we haven't had any screenshots, I should say. Nothing new that we know of. Um, A lot of people are still saying that they don't believe it's going to happen until they actually see it. But uh, I think through one of the social medias, Ben pointed out, and this was a few weeks ago, that if you look at who the developer is, at some point they snuck it in there that it has changed from Motorsport Games to Studio 397. So that tells me that the studio now has full control over the game, not so much Motorsport Games. Even though they're going to be the ones that release the, uh, or get the benefits of it, that'll hopefully, or... I'll still say it. Hopefully keep them afloat, because at this point I'm now cheering for an underdog that is definitely on a very rapidly sinking ship, for that matter. Um, Yeah, um, we did get a screenshot of the Toyotas, which I don't think we've had before. And... Yeah, all things are still showing signs of being able to release on the 20th. You said you had a couple thoughts there, Taylor? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is I'm glad, of course, that Studio 397 is really working hard to get the ball rolling on this. But the thing is, they made promises. So now you got to hold to these promises and try and get these done within a reasonable time. Otherwise, it's not going to go well. So I'm looking I would look I'm looking forward to this game because it's a game the first time in a long time that is strictly dedicated to sports car racing. If you think about it, where it involves prototypes and GT cars. Right. So they really need to hammer this out, get it done, but make sure it's done right, of course. Otherwise, people are going to be like, oh, this is kind of similar to the debacle of the NASCAR game uh, that came out back a couple of years ago, as well as also the game that never came to be the IndyCar game. Yeah. Broken, you know, a game full of broken promises, in, in and in, to put it nicely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, reading over this a little bit more in detail while you were talking there, uh, the Toyota that they have finally pre- released of, the, the key notice that they've mentioned about this is that there is no shots of the interior with this car at the moment. Um, only cars that they have not released any images of are the Cadillac and the Glickenhaus. And basically three out of the four GT cars, which is the Aston Martin, the Porsche, and the Corvette. They have not shown anything of those whatsoever. Um, Porta Mayal has been featured inside of the Toyota teaser that they have just fairly recently released. I'm finding out that is a fairly recently released one. Um, And also, 
Breaking up a little bit there. Breaking up a little bit there, Louis. Hello, Taylor. There we go. Now we got uh, you. Okay, there we go. A little bit of a technical issue. Uh, so what did you last hear me say? Uh, the Toyota preview. So yeah, the Toyota is the most recent preview that has come out. And it is a fairly recent video that they have promoted on that. So there is that. And unfortunately, they have also removed virtual reality support on the Steam page. So there's one one thing against it, I guess you could say. Yep, I have to agree. So, so it's kind of now the clock is ticking, and we will see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, but nothing has shown any signs of this not being released still. So the no news is good news thing, I guess we could say. I mean, yes and no. I have to say. <laughs> that's all I can say regarding that. Yes, it's no news is good news kind of deal is good, but also you got to be careful. Yeah. Um, as they say at the bottom of this particular uh, release, they say patience is key, which I think that is going to be what we have to be right now with this because we know it has a ton of potential. A lot of people are looking forward to it, even the ones that are saying that they don't expect it to be released. They are still looking forward to it. So, yeah. Play it by ear and hope for the best. Absolutely, because everything that they have on there is literally everything that I think is what you should include in a modern sim racing game. With... Mm -hmm the ability to do the driver changes with offline races and stuff like that, how they're doing that. I think that's going to be an absolutely awesome feature. Um, and I really just want to drive the Porsche. I really do. <laughs> it is fun. I have to say as for driving it on iRacing, it is one of the most fun GTP cars to drive on the surface. Of course, a lot of people prefer the Cadillac because of just, you know, race cars go. Yeah. And of course, nice, that... nice big roaring car. Yes, indeed. Which I think a lot of people will then probably end up getting the Mustang GT3 if and when that does come, because we like to hear the race car noises. Oh, absolutely. Um, they are... I remember reading about it. They are planning on making a DLC for this coming season, which obviously won't happen until probably close to the end, or if not shortly after the season starts. But everything else should be all of last year's content, mm -hmm. which is a lot of stuff. Yes, indeed. So that is something to look forward to still. We haven't got the uh, final nail in the coffin just yet on that. So that 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 makes me happy. So we'll see what happens here in the near future regarding that. Absolutely. Um, You're just going through another website, trying to see if we could pick up something that would be fun to harp on just for a few more minutes while we got left on the show here. Besides, uh, of course, uh, Andretti not going to Formula One. Oh, we can harp on that for a little while. Uh, yeah. Wow, how to, how to make the entire world hate you in five seconds or less. That. That is <laughs> a way to do it. I know we're not a motorsport themed show, but I mean, that... I mean, we are, but we're not. So let me rephrase that. Virtual motorsport show, but we are talking about real-world motorsport. And unfortunately, we don't get to go on to the midweek motorsport show, so we do get to share our opinions on here occasionally. Um, yeah. I mean... I, I'm not surprised that it happened, because I kind of suspected that this would happen. But at the same time, F1 or... FOM kind of backed themselves into a corner where they pretty much couldn't say no. And they did anyway. Yeah, and, and the reason why is like they said because 
they don't believe that they would be competitive. I, I mean, I'm, so, I'm sorry that that's a cop out. <laughs> I mean, you're I, the, what I can picture. What I'm saying is this: they're probably afraid. <laughs> Point blank. That's the best thing I can think. They're afraid because you're talking about two giants in American motorsports. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Andretti, which we don't need. We everyone here in, who is a motor racing fan, whether it be here in the America or around the world, knows of the name Andretti. I don't I was care what. Say, Mario Andretti is the most famous racing driver in the world because people who don't know anything about racing know exactly who Mario Andretti is. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, there's only maybe two other names that maybe could come close to his name recognition around the world. Uh-huh. And one was in Formula One. The other was in MotoGT, G- MotoGP, who's now racing in sports cars racing now. Yeah, Those exactly. are probably the only two names that could probably come close. But uh no, like and then you're talking about probably the one of the top automotive makers with General Motors as well. Well, in the aspect of rejecting the GM side of it, I kind of get cuz I know they were going to do like a 2-year engine deal with Renault and they were going to rebadge the engines to Cadillac until Cadillac actually had an engine in place. But even right. still, I mean, still, you're you're still bringing in a automotive company to come on board who's willing to spend a bunch of money, uh-huh. basically, to come in and build and be a part of Formula One. But yet, you know, they're not competitive enough. Yeah, on, and the reason why I say that's a big cop-out, because we just recently have unearthed about Gene Haas, the other American team. I, I don't consider that an American team. I, I don't either, but that's just my opinion of myself or for myself. Same here. Same here. Um, but the fact that G- Gene has literally said he's not interested in selling and he has no interest in investing in the car at all, and it's already the last place car, I'm sorry, but you don't get any more uncompetitive than that. And we're choosing to keep them in not forcing them to sell the franchise because obviously at this point he's just looking to make money because you could do that now in F1. Yeah, he's just looking to make money and just scape scape or scrape by. There's the word I'm trying to get out of my uh, mouth there. Uh, and and, and yet you're going to reject Andretti because they're not going to be quote competitive enough when they've already got cars in a wind tunnel and they're not even approved. Exactly. And here's the thing, also if you think about it, you know, Lewis. Look at the entire F1 teams throughout, let's just say, the past 20-some years. Right. How many teams in that span were very uncompetitive? Oh, yeah, <laughs> unless, a lot of them. If you were not Ferrari, which, let's be honest, Ferrari right now is not one of the top teams anymore, or if you're not Mercedes or Red Bull, you know, you're which, not let's going... be honest. If you're not in a Red Bull, you're not the top team anymore right now, anyway. Exactly. Which, it's... if you're not one of those, I'm just saying those are quote unquote considered the big three in right. Formula One now. You know, if you're not one of those three teams, you're not really in there competing. Honestly, yeah, if you want to put it that way, yeah. I mean, you're basically, if you're not in one of those three teams, you're basically battling for maybe fourth on back, fifth on back. You're not competing for wins. Yeah. An occasional podium should break a chapin. But yeah, I, I fully agree with that statement. And here's a team who is trying to come in to Formula One, who has a pedigree, who is not going to go at it, you know, half, half cocked, basically, who's going to do the work and probably go out there and be one of the top teams, if not beats everyone. Maybe not right. their first year. I will say that. They won't beat them their first year. But within a period of time, yeah, they will be considered one of the top teams, I think, given the chance. I absolutely 100% agree with you on that one. And so, with that, actually, it is time for us to say goodbye. Uh, well, 
Goodbye, everyone. Hashtag I know, we got on a huge soapbox there and kind of got ourselves upset with that, didn't we? I know, we did. <laughs> way to, what a way to end the show. Big sad I know, we got moment. ourselves all fired up. Right. Uh, anyway, well, I'm pretty sure John and Tim and, of course, the rest of the Midweek Motorsports crew will have a lot to say about this announcement as well. In fact, the episode is already out, so make sure to go listen to them. Yeah, that's something I get to listen to for uh, the next couple mornings on my way into work. Um, so, yeah, that is another edition of U.S. Week of the SimCast. I have been Lewis Satterley. He's been Taylor Burris, who's been an awesome co-host to have for this evening. So thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Ben. Ben. And Lewis. And Lewis. Yeah. Good Lord. What do you mean, I, and I, Lewis? I, There's I, been no Ben here. I'm done. Good night, everybody. I, I'm getting thrown under the bus here. You heard it right here. <laughs> anyway, uh, make sure to reach out to us at the SimCast on Twitter and go ahead, hashtag RSL, to go ahead and reach out to us on the Twitter webs and to tag us. Uh, yeah, that's it. Bye for now and hashtag eat more tacos. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, subscribe to the SimCast wherever you get your podcasts.